Picture yourself wrapped in its softness. Whether you're enjoying a captivating TV show, gathered around a crackling campfire, or cheering for your favorite football team, Minky understands your fall cravings. Our blankets are tailor-made for those heartwarming autumn vibes. With a variety of colors, they're perfect for complementing the hues of fall, as well as showing off your team pride with their vibrant team colors. And the best part? We've got sizes for the whole family, ensuring that everyone can experience the joy of cozying up in Minky's embrace. This fall, let Minky be your companion in creating unforgettable moments. Wrap yourself in comfort, share love, and relish the essence of the season. Minky Blankets, where warmth meets love in every color for every moment. Fall into one of our Minky Couture stores or visit us online at minkycouture.com. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. Yo, Beth. That shit crazy. On a Friday! It's all even with your boy, Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube. So like, share, and subscribe to that. It's going to be a packed show today. What a beautiful Friday it is. We're going to talk about Thursday night football between the Miami Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars thoughts on that game we're gonna talk about miami heat boston celtics game four that was a doozy as well as preview game five and see exactly what's going on with this series we're gonna talk about lakers and nuggets last night for game four rumors are swirling in philadelphia as to who's gonna be the next head coach for the sixers nfl picks and the greatest segment on the planet dummy of the week so let's just jump right into it thursday night football what a doozy it was we saw two bottom feeding teams play each other we had the jacksonville jaguars going against the miami dolphins miami wins this game 31 to 13 as thursday night football continues to be a nightmare for the jacksonville jaguars this was a beating from start to finish pillar to post anything you want to call it this was a drubbing fitz magic was great he had 160 yards two touchdowns QBR of 97, 133 passer rating. Miles Gaskin has 66 yards on the ground. He also caught five catches for 29 yards. Devontae Parker was Devontae Parker, five catches, 69 yards. The defense was spry. The defense was all over the place. They kept Gardner Minshew in check. He was sacked four times. He had 275 yards passing an interception. James Robinson, he had a decent game. He had 11 carries, 46 yards, two touchdowns. Receiving, he had six catches for 83 yards. They may have something with this kid. He may be, you know, the best of the bunch. He just may be a diamond in this rubble, this dumpster fire, this disaster that is Jacksonville right now. So kudos to him for having a decent game. But everything else, it was pedestrian. They couldn't do anything. The Dolphins look good. Brian Flores has this team playing hard. He's always had this team playing hard even since last year. So what is my takeaways from this game? The fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick, 55 years old, is still doing magical things. This guy can still run. He's still agile. He's still mobile. He can still be able to escape the pocket and in crazy situations, Ryan Fitzpatrick is always going to be a good story whenever he starts. He's just one of those special guys. However, he can't be your starting quarterback for a couple years in a row, but he can definitely be a transitional quarterback, and that's exactly what he's been in his career. Other than Buffalo, he's been a transitional quarterback, and he will be the transitional quarterback once Tua is ready to go. On Jacksonville's side, I really like Gardner Minshew. 
I hear so much negative things about this guy about, you know, they may be considering moving on from him, drafting a quarterback in the draft. All of that is good. I mean, if you're in position to get Trevor Lawrence, listen, go ahead and do it. But Gardner Minshew is, he has moxie, man. He has it to me. If they could be able to surround this guy with some weapons, you know, give him an offensive line that he can be able to trust and depend on, I can guarantee you Gardner Minshew can deliver a lot of throws. He can make every NFL throw. The guy has, he, he has that toughness. He has that no fear attitude. That's what you need in a quarterback. And Jacksonville is just probably not the best spot for him. Because like I said, it's a burning dumpster fire. And they're in rebuild mode. They're trying to, you know, plan for next year, plan for the future. They have a ton of draft picks coming up. We get it. But don't make Gardner Minshew the, the lame duck quarterback. The guy can play, man. And, you know, a lot of teams out there don't have legitimate quarterbacks. This guy, I think, can be a legitimate quarterback. I'm, I'm sure it's up for debate, but I personally think that Gardner Minshew has a lot of talent. This Jacksonville Jaguars team, though, they ain't got no talent. <laughs> they ain't got nothing. Nothing. It's still very shocking to me to know that a couple years ago, this team was one game away from the Super Bowl. How? I mean, listen, they caught lightning in a bottle that year, but man, what a turn of events a couple years later. It is a barn fire of buffoonery. Complete, unmitigated disaster. That's what they are. And how can they get back to prominence? Well, they got to revamp that defense again. They have drafted very well over the years, drafting defensive players. With this regime, they can be able to do it again. But are they going to have the same type of success? No way. No way. You can never capture that type of success again, where you're able to have a pretty below average quarterback lead you to a place where the defense could be able to take over and possibly get you to a Super Bowl. No, you need a quarterback. And listen, like I said, Gardner Minshew, if he's given the chance to help this team through this rebuild, maybe he's the guy. I believe so. I believe in him. But does the organization believe in him? That is the million-dollar question. Another thing I'd like to point out, I hate Thursday night games. I wish that they would be able to do back-to-back -back Monday night football games for the rest of the year. These Thursday night games, they're just not really entertaining to me. It's either one team is not prepared and they play really terrible, or the other team is ready to play and they play really well. You rarely get a great game on Thursday night. So why keep subjecting us to this terrible football? We love football, but give us some back-to-back. -back. Give us a doubleheader on Monday, man. Give us something to do on a Monday night. Thursday, who cares? I'd rather watch Netflix than watch this Thursday night football all the time. Now, granted, I'm a football fan. I love sports. I'm going to watch it. I'm just saying for my, for my buck. The bang for my buck. Give me a doubleheader on Monday night. Monday night football. Hearing that music. Seeing two games on. Oh, that's a night. That's a night. Especially coming off Sunday night games. Come on, man. Fix it, NFL. Fix it. Please. No more Thursday night games. Thursday night games are like that beer in the fridge that you see at 9 a.m. and you drink it. You know you're not supposed to, but you love it, and then you feel guilty after. That's... <laughs> That's exactly what they are, man. So just, just enough. After the break, NBA playoffs. What the hell is going on on a Friday? It's all even. I am so stressed because I hate my job. Let me guess. You're at a dead-end job and find it hard not to press the snooze button? Well, come down to Connecticut School of Broadcasting 
We have campuses in Westbury, New York, Boston, Connecticut, New Jersey, North Carolina, Georgia, and Florida. Develop your skills in broadcast media that include audio production, television, radio, and sports broadcasting. Learn from industry professionals in a small, intimate class setting for a better experience. The hands-on training is second to none. And if you're worried about what to do after graduation, the Connecticut School of Broadcasting helps you to get job placement. Take it from me. It took me seven years to get here, and it's been the best time of my life. Go to GoCSB.com or dial 1-800-887-2346 for a studio tour. And who knows, maybe you'll be the next media superstar. Welcome back, y'all. The NBA playoffs are starting to wind down, and we're starting to know exactly who will be representing both conferences in the NBA Finals. However, it's probably not the team that you actually thought would do it in the Eastern Conference. The Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat have gone to battle in this series. However, one team has the upper hand. Game 4 was a doozy. Miami wins this game 112-109 in a back-and-forth battle. Tyler Hero was just that. He was the hero for the Miami Heat. He came through with 37 points, 5 of 10 from 3. He was electric. He couldn't miss. I keep saying that, that this kid does not play like a rookie. He is phenomenal, man. Goran Dragic had 22 points, 8 for 21 shooting. Jimmy Butler had 24 points, so 8 and 20 was a little struggle for him. But he also had 9 rebounds, 3 assists. Bam Adebayo continues his double-double, 20 points, 12 rebounds. And for Boston, Boston played well. Jason Tatum had 28 points, 9 rebounds. Kemba Walker had 20 points on 6 of 14 shooting. He's still struggling a bit. Jalen Brown had 21 points. Marcus Smart had a struggle, but he's not a volume shooter. He's not a great efficient shooter. He's a great defensive guy. 10 points, 11 rebounds, but he shot 3 of 12. Gordon Hayward had a good game. 14 points off the bench in 30 minutes, 7 rebounds. It, like I said, it was back and forth. Somebody had to win this game, and Miami squeezed it out. Tyler Hero was the difference. And my issue with this, this Boston Celtics team is, where do they go from here now? They've been knocking on the door for a couple years now. They've been the most talented young team arguably in the NBA. And what is the narrative now? If they lose this series in five, if they lose this series in six, where do they go? Are they going to say, okay, well, we're still young. We can be able to regroup. We have a great coach. He's also young. Let's just keep running it back because our window of opportunity is very, very wide. And we just need to continue to keep plugging away. And then one day we'll probably crack through and get to the NBA finals and Hope for the best. Here's the problem with that particular narrative. Danny Ainge is the problem. Danny Ainge is very, very impatient. Danny Ainge will make a move to shake up this roster. But should Danny Ainge be the one to do this? As good as Jalen Brown is, as good as Jason Tatum is, I like the signing of Kemba Walker. Outside of that, I don't like this Boston roster. I really don't. They are running into a team that has depth, that has shooting, that has a lot of toughness. When you look at that Boston Celtics roster from top to bottom, it's not really that impressive. Brad Wanamaker, eh. Daniel Tice, 
eh. Greg Williams, Sammy Ojale, all of these guys are just, ah. They need more oomph on this roster. And that's all on Danny Ainge. So should he be the one to keep building this team? Or maybe should they look elsewhere to get a new GM? A very long time ago, Danny Ainge brought Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen here. Drafted Ray John Rondo, had a whole bunch of different type of throwaway role players, and they won an NBA title. I'm not saying that Danny Ainge is a terrible GM or builder. I'm just saying he's not doing a good job right now pushing this team over the hump. That's what I'm saying. And if they continue to have these shortcomings in the Eastern Conference Finals or the second round of the playoffs and they can't crack through to the NBA Finals, Danny Ainge got to go. He gots to go. Because I ain't gonna lie to you. As good as people think Danny Ainge is, he ain't that good. Remember, he was the one that gave Al Horford that albatross of a contract. And then Philly said, well, hold my beer. But it was Danny Ainge that did it first. So... Let's not talk about this guy like he's Jerry West, because he damn sure ain't. And if I were the owner, I would tell Danny Ainge that Brad Stevens took his job, and Brad Stevens could be able to hire whatever GM he wants. Moving on to our next game, the Western Conference Finals Game 4 between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. Lakers won this game 114-108 to in a thriller. It was a great game. Anthony Davis had 34 points. Five rebounds, another bad rebounding night, but he had some clutch tip-outs at the final couple minutes of the game. LeBron James didn't shoot that well, finished with 26 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, but he did make some clutch free throws in the fourth quarter. He came up absolutely big. Dwight Howard, 12 points, 11 rebounds, big-time double-double. That was in the first half. He kept Jokic at bay. Caldwell Pope hit a clutch shot last night. He had 13 points. Kyle Kuzma... Kyle, I miss Brandon Ingram Kuzma. He had 10 points, but nothing to speak about. And Rajon Rondo. Playoff Rondo continues his great stellar play. 11 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. Had a clutch offensive rebound in the final seconds of the game. It was a phenomenal game. But what I can definitely tell you is that Jamal Murray is a beast. Jamal Murray is special. Every podcast, I've been screaming to the heavens. If this kid learns how to be consistent, his team will be able to win any game in the NBA. And they almost won this game. Jamal Murray was lights out, 32 points, 3 rebounds, 8 assists. He hit a myriad of ridiculous shots that only somebody that's playing in their backyard would be able to do. Off the one leg, fading away with the left hand, takes the bump from Anthony Davis, Falling out of bounds, hits the shot, the up and under against LeBron James. LeBron James had him dead to rights on a block, and he just swooped under and scooped it, and I don't know what the hell it was. But, man, it went in. It was impressive. Jamal Murray, his confidence is sky high. Jokic had a rough night. Jokic had 16.7 rebounds, 4 assists. Listen, Dwight Howard gives Jokic fits, and kudos to Frank Vogel, he made the right move in starting Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard kept his composure. He shut down Jokic, and that's how you have to go about this series. As much as Vogel loves McGee, Dwight Howard is a smart play. Dwight Howard is the guy to be able to slow down Jokic. He's stronger. He can move. He's mobile. He's active. 
if Dwight Howard gets a block on one end, Dwight Howard can be able to beat Jokic down court and get a lob dunk, get a dunk, whatever it is. He was a terror against Jokic, and that was the steal of the game. That was the X factor. That was the turning point in this particular game. The role players for Denver did not step up. Paul Millsap had a rough night, five points, six rebounds, five fouls. Gary Harris had three points in 19 minutes. Plumlee, three points. Michael Porter Jr. had a decent game, 13 points. Craig, seven. Uh, Morris had 12. So all of these guys need to have big games. They have to help Murray. They have to help Jokic. That's how they're going to be able to extend this series by, by playing well. They have to hit timely shots. And they didn't do that last night. It was Murray. Murray keeping them in the game. Murray couldn't shoot any threes, though. He was 0 for 3. He didn't settle. He was taking it to the hole. He was taking it to the defense. And kudos to him. He couldn't find a three because the Lakers' defense would not allow him to shoot that three. And the biggest story of this game, LeBron James, 35 years old, decided to say, don't worry about this, coach. Don't put KCP on him. Don't put Danny Green on him. Don't put Caruso on him. I got him. I'm going to lock his ass up. And in the final minutes of the game, he had a clutch block on Murray. It was impressive. LeBron James, he, he, he shows you year in and year out that it doesn't matter how old he gets. It doesn't matter what team he's on. It doesn't matter what conference he's in. He's going to show up to play. He's going to make sure that his team is in the best position to advance, to get to an NBA final. Once you get there, you know, all bets are off. But he's going to get you there. And, man, this is, a, this is a beautiful story. The Lakers are one game away from getting to their first NBA Finals since 2010. It's been a decade since the Lakers have seen the NBA Finals. And who's the guy to get them there or help them get them there? LeBron James, as well as Anthony Davis. Now, Anthony Davis had a great game. He stepped up big, tweaked his ankle at the end of that game. So we're not going to know what his availability is for Game 5. I've seen that they said he's questionable for Game 5. We all know that he's going to play. This is a closeout game. This is a statement game for the Lakers. And best believe Anthony Davis is going to wrap that leg up. He's going to wrap up that ankle and get it done. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to give this Denver team any hope that they can be able to win any other games in this series. You have to close them out now. You have to pummel them into submission. You got to send them out of the bubble, send them home to Denver, and say, listen, congratulations, kids. You guys are tough. You're going to be around for a while. But this ain't your year. It's our year. And it just dawned on me. <laughs> it just dawned on me, man. I'm sure flight risk Waldo George is sitting at home like, y'all could have been a part of this, man. And I turned this down to to, to live in a basement. <laughs> Paul George, you thought I was done with you? Not by a long shot. Not by a long shot. But I'm going to ease off him right now. Who I want to get to is Kyle Kuzma. Can Kyle Kuzma be able to guard anyone? What Michael Porter Jr. did to him yesterday, with two consecutive threes, he made him look like a small child that plays defense. You know, like when your little kid plays defense and he's just running by you and then running by you and then he tries to grab you and then he runs by you again? That's what Kyle Kuzma does. Who taught this idiot how to play defense? It is frustrating to watch. Like, you can tell that LeBron James is like, if this is the guy that we have to rely on in the NBA Finals, 
we're going to have a rough time. Like, we're going to get there, but, man, we're going to have to find a third wheel because this guy is the worst. The worst. Brandon Ingram, every time I see Kyle Kuzma shoot, I miss you. Every time I see Kyle Kuzma turn the ball over, I miss you. Every time I see Kyle Kuzma fumble the ball on a layup attempt, I miss you. As bad as Danny Green is, I would rather see Danny Green play than Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma is dreadful. He can't score and he can't play defense. He couldn't guard me in this chair. Good God, man. What are they going to do with this kid? You know what I say. Trade him for pennies on the dollar, get a gym bag, and a scratch off. Because that's all he's worth. He has no trade value. Ah, Jesus. So, what is the prediction for Game 5 between the Lakers and the Nuggets? Prediction? Prediction? Pain. (laughs) That's exactly what the hell is going to happen. This series is over. I called 6 because, listen... I respect Denver. I think they're a good young team. They have a bright future. But Jamal Murray played out of his mind last night. And they still lost. So that just tells me that doesn't matter what they do. It's over. Pack it the F up. Get the RV. Pack up the bags. Head back to Denver and go to your local dispensary. And just enjoy the rest of the winter. That's it. Congratulations, guys. You had a good season. There's nothing, and I mean nothing, to be ashamed about. Nothing. You have your confidence. You guys are young. Keep your heads held high, and wait till next year. I'm going to make sure I send my boy Brandon a Laker jersey. It's going to be nice. It's going to have his name on the back. You know, it's going to say 17 championships, and we're going to celebrate together. We're going to celebrate the Lakers being in the NBA Finals. We're going to celebrate all that comes with the joy of watching your team in the NBA Finals. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Turning the attention to head coaching news, the Philadelphia 76ers are heating up their coaching search. We're hearing that the rumor mill is starting to spin and spin crazy. Mike D'Antoni to the 76ers is starting to gain some steam. And why? why? What am I hearing? I'm hearing that Sixers want D'Antoni because they think that D'Antoni can be able to lure James Harden out of Houston and go to Philly. Why would he do that? Why? Why would he do that? Maybe to get out of the West because he knows he can't beat the Clippers or the Lakers or the Golden State Warriors or the Grizzlies or the Mavs. All right, I'm I'm, I'm going crazy. What I'm saying is that the, the Rockets can't beat anybody. So maybe he has to go east to find the quote-unquote easy route to the NBA Finals. But guess what? D'Antoni ain't going to get you there. What do I keep telling you about retread bum-ass coaches? If there was a definition and a picture of retread bum-ass coaches, it would be Mike D'Antoni. He is a successful regular season coach. He is a offensive guru. Yeah, 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 yeah. However... When it comes to playoffs, Mike D'Antoni chokes up like women watching The Notebook. He <laughs> he's the worst. They don't need help getting to the playoffs. They need help getting over the hump, getting to the NBA Finals. That's what the 76ers need. They don't need this guy. They need a guy like Ty Lue. 
Ty Lue is a great coach for this team. We heard some rumblings about that, and then now it's all Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni, no, no, no. I don't want to see this bum coach coach anymore. Retire. I want to see Ty Lue get this job. Ty Lue is proven. He's a champion. He's been to the NBA Finals a number of times. This is the guy. He knows how to get personalities and blend them together, gel them, make them a part of a team, a part of a culture. Let him do this. Not Mike D'Antoni. Nah. Plus, if Mike D'Antoni ends up going to the Philadelphia 76ers, Joel Embiid might as well ask for a trade because Mike D'Antoni doesn't like big guys. He does not like big men. He wants to go small. He wants to play like a JV basketball team. That's what he wants to do. He probably may play Simmons at center. Jesus, what a joke. Absolute joke. After the break, my NFL picks on a Friday. It's all leaving. Yo, yo, what up? It's your boy DJ G Money representing that Flip the Script podcast. But listen, right now I'm listening. I'm tuned in. I'm tapped in to a brand new podcast called the All Even Podcast with my man Barry Grant. Yo, B, what's up, man? Congrats on the new podcast. I'm listening right now. I'm tuned in. Fire. Fire. All even. We here. Let's go. Welcome back, y'all. So let's just get into these NFL picks, shall we? Week three of the NFL season is underway, and let's see how I've done over the first two weeks. I'm 24 and 6. Pretty freaking good. So let's see how we do in week three. Week three, let's start with the first game between the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Seahawks are riding high. Seahawks look great. Russell Wilson, like I said, is the second best quarterback in all of football. He may end up winning the MVP this season. I have the Seahawks winning this game 28-21. to Cowboys still have a lot of issues to work out. That offensive line, they battled last week. They came back from a historic deficit and beat the terrible, awful, no good Atlanta Falcons. But they're not going to have that type of luck this week. They're going to lose this game. They're going to lose it handily and have nothing to be ashamed of. The Seahawks are a better team. Next game we're going to talk about is the Bears at Falcons. Bears D, they're going to be all over this Atlanta Falcons team. Like I said, Atlanta doesn't look good offensively. They can score the ball, but defensively they can't stop a nosebleed. Especially with Julio Jones banged up, it's going to be a tough, tough task to be able to move the chains on this Bears D. Bears win this game 24-20. to and the Dan Quinn watch begins. The hot seat is getting hotter, and it's burning by the minute. Up next after this is going to be the Rams at Bills. Two 2-0 teams are going at it. This is going to be a very, very good game. I can't wait to see this game. I have the Rams winning this game 24-21. to It's definitely going to be a field goal type of situation. I think that the Rams, they, they look good through two weeks. They have impressed me. Jared Goff looks pretty decent. Their running back by committee has worked. Their defense has looked spry. You know, they've had two particular opponents that haven't looked sharp. The Bills are their first actual test of the season. But I do think that the Rams could be able to win this game. Sean McVay is a genius. He's going to be able to figure out how to get past that Bills defense. And on the Bills side, it's the same thing. This is going to be their first test of the season. But I don't think Josh Allen is going to have enough. I think that the Rams pass rush gets to him. He's not going to be able to be comfortable. He's going to try to flush out of the pocket a little bit too much. And they're not going to have much of an offense going forward this game. Turning our attentions to the Washington football team against the Cleveland Browns. 
I have Cleveland winning this game 27 to 20. It's not going to be a pretty game. It's going to be pretty ugly. Baker Mayfield, as much as I don't like him, I think that they're going to be able to move the chains on the football team and dominate the line of scrimmage. So I have them winning this game. Next game on the list is the Tennessee Titans against the 0-2 Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota is in turmoil. They look terrible. I had the Titans winning this game 24-17. Titans are a good team. They ground and pound you. They beat you into submission. That defense is good. That offensive line is great. The, the Vikings are not going to be able to do anything with this team. They haven't looked good. The offense looks bad. The defense looks bad. They're going to be in a world of hurt. And for Viking fans, it's going to be a hard, hard game to watch. Sorry, guys. Next game we have is the Raiders against the 1-1 Patriots. This is going to be a beautiful game, but I have the Raiders winning this particular game. I got the Raiders winning 28-20. The Raiders are for real. Derek Carr looks amazing. I think him and John Gruden have a great relationship. John Gruden has built a culture here. They are in Las Vegas. I think Vegas is a beautiful football town. It's going to do great. Once they have fans in that beautiful stadium, it's going to be rocking. This particular Raiders team, they're very good. People need to really, really take them seriously. Next game we have is the 49ers at the Giants. 49ers have a lot of injuries. They have a ton of injuries. But guess what? They are still better than the Giants. The Giants are an awful team to watch. With no Saquon Barkley, they are unwatchable. 49ers win this game 30-19. to It's not even close. If Jimmy Garoppolo can't go, I'm sure they're going to have Mullins. Mullins will be able to do the job. They don't have to do much to beat this team. Even without Bosa, their pass rush is going to be able to get to Daniel Jones. He turns the ball over a great deal. There's nothing that the Giants can do. It's going to be a rough night for them. Next game we have is the Bengals at Eagles. Both teams are 0-2, but guess what? Who has the better quarterback in my opinion? The Bengals have the better quarterback. I think Joe Burrow has a good game. Bengals win this game 25-19. to The Eagles are in disarray. I told you that Carson Wentz does not look good. He does not look like a confident quarterback. Something's wrong with this team. They do not look like a confident bunch. And I think this Bengals team, although they're 0-2, they have looked pretty, pretty good in their first two weeks. So I got Joe Burrow winning his first NFL start. This is going to be a great game for the Bengals. Offensively, they're going to be able to move the ball. I think Joe Mixon gets a good game. A.J. Green may have a touchdown. So they're going to be able to get their guys going. And the Eagles, they have a lot of questions to answer. A lot. Next game we have is the Jets and Colts. Jets actually win this game. I got the Jets winning this game 24-17. to Call me crazy, man. I just think that... Sam Darnold looked good last week. This team is trying, but they they are they are behind the eight ball in regards to talent. But maybe, just maybe, Sam Darnold has one of those games where you're like, man, this kid is impressive. And he goes off. So I got the Jets winning this game, but it's not going to be a pretty game. Colts have a great defense. I believe that they're going to be able to put pressure on Darnold. But offensively, I don't know what they're going to look like. T.Y. has struggled all year so far. They don't look good passing the ball, so we'll see what happens, but I got the Jets winning this game. Next game we have is the Texans at Steelers. Steelers are 2-0. They look great. Ben Roethlisberger, my comeback player of the year, he has looked phenomenal. I think the Steelers win this game 
31 to 27. The Steelers defense is phenomenal. They look like they have a steel curtain again. And offensively, they look like they have some chemistry. There are no more divas on this offense. There is no more headaches. There's no more drama. They're just playing football, and it's beautiful to watch. So I got Steelers winning this game. Next game we have is the Panthers at Chargers. Chargers are 101. Justin Herbert looked good in his first NFL start. Panthers, not so much. They don't look good. There's no Christian McCaffrey for the foreseeable future. I don't see the Panthers having a shot in this game. Teddy Bridgewater, to me, just doesn't look comfortable. He's throwing the ball okay, but I need to see more. I don't like what I see out of Matt Rule already. Two games, and I'm just like, eh, it's very vanilla. Don't like it. Next game we have is the Buccaneers at Broncos, Tampa Bay Bucks. They're going to steamroll this team. I got the Bucks winning 34-17. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady ends up having his first good game of the season. I think Tom Brady goes for 320, two touchdowns, no picks. I believe that the running game is starting to find itself. Ronald Jones is a starter, but I believe that Fournette is chipping away. We have a competition on our hands, but competition is good. They're going to be able to play at a high level. Both of them get off, and they win this game easily. Next game we have is the Lions at Cardinals. Cardinals are flying high. They're 2-0. Kyler Murray looks phenomenal. He looks like a little child out there that you're trying to capture, and he's just running by you and running under you and running around you. Nobody can tackle this guy. He has an arm as well. He's very smart. He has the most dangerous wide receiver in all the football that he can throw to. So with that being said, I got the Cardinals winning this game big, 35-20. to 20. Lions don't have enough. They have their own issues. They have a running back by committee. We don't know who's the guy. It's the hot hand. You know, Matt Stafford is throwing the ball well, but he needs his weapons. They are, they are trying to find their way. But this is also a team with a head coach on the hot seat. Matt Patricia looks like he's in over his head. He doesn't look like he knows what the hell he's doing. Another Belichick disciple looks like he's failing and failing miserably. So the hot seat is in on him too, and it might not be long until we see a new head coach in Detroit. Next game we have is going to be the Packers at Saints. I think the Packers roll over the Saints. This is going to be a blowout. Packers 40, Saints 25. Aaron Rodgers, A.A. Ron, is looking like the old Aaron Rodgers. He's looking spry. He's throwing off his back foot. He's making all of his throws. He's running out of the pocket. He has weapons. Aaron Jones possibly is making the case for the best running back in the NFL. That guy is dynamic. They're phenomenal. You know, Devontae Adams is banged up. He may not play on Sunday, but they do have these young receivers. These young receivers last year, they weren't ready for the big stage. I think they're ready now. A full year under their belt in regards to this offense, they know exactly where they need to be, what they have to do, and I think the Packers win this game easily. For the Saints, Drew Brees does not look good. He doesn't look good at all. I don't have any confidence in the Saints offensively because of Drew Brees, because of the fact that we don't know what Drew Brees we're getting. His arm strength looks weak. He's missing easy chip shots. He has no rapport with Emmanuel Sanders. Their big free agent acquisition. None at all. Alvin Kamara is going to have to do this by himself. I don't see that happening. I see the Saints struggling. They're going to struggle a lot. The defense is going to be tired because the offense is going to be three and out. And they're just going to have one of those nights. It's just going to be a bad night for the Saints. Bad night for the Saints defense. 
Just bad night for the Saints all around. But the game of the week is the Monday night football game between the two best young quarterbacks in the league, Kansas City Chiefs at Baltimore Ravens. Who you got? I got the Chiefs winning this game. I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I love Patrick Mahomes. I love seeing him throw the ball. I love seeing him run out of the pocket. He has this flair for dramatic. And not saying that the Baltimore Ravens don't have a great team. These are two great teams going at it. We're going to have a great game. But I just think that the deciding factor of this game is going to be the quarterback. And I think that Patrick Mahomes is a better clutch performer than Lamar Jackson is. He's proved it. He's the defending Super Bowl champ right now. They're 2-0. They look great. They, they're in midseason form. There's nothing that I can say that is a negative with this Kansas City Chiefs team. So there, there are my picks. Don't debate me. You know why? Because I was 24-6 and six the first two weeks. And guess what? I'm going to keep on winning because that's what I do. Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Friday. It's all even. This is a public service announcement. Down in your luck? Tired of being curved? Sick of going out with the fellas and being the only loser without a lady? Well, I got something for you. It's called Sex Panther. Legend has it that it's made out of real bits of real panther, so you know it's good. To men, it stings the nostrils. But to women, you may as well be a slab of meat in a dog pound. And that's not all it does. You could be getting ready to see that special fox and disaster hits. No money in the budget for gas, only dinner for two. No problem. The fumes from Sex Panther can give your car 38 miles to the gallon. Sold you yet? I thought so. For $69.99, go from unlovable loser to the cock in the walk. Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy, yeah. We pick candidates on Monday and Friday, and then we pick the winner on that Friday show. So my candidate for Monday was the Jets organization, the entire dumpster fire that is the Jets organization. But they are who we thought they were. But th listen, they're, they're not my winner. They're just a candidate. And they'll possibly continue to be a candidate. Why? Because it's, it's the Jets. So, the pick is in. May I have the drum roll, please? And the winner is... All boxing fans that are going to watch this potential stupid-ass boxing match between Conor McGregor and Manny Pacquiao. Boxing fans are my... Dummy. Yeah. Because here's the thing. Everybody is going to watch this fight. They're going to pay big money to watch this fight. And why? So you're not going to give me Floyd and Manny Pacquiao, too. No, 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 no. You're going to give me Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor has no hands in boxing. He's not a boxer. So why would I want to see his dumb ass and Manny Pacquiao's old ass in a ring? Like, what are we doing here? Every time I try to give boxing a chance, they pull a circus act like this. Boxing used to be a great sport. People used to take it seriously. It used to be must-see TV. Pay-per-view matches. You had blockbuster fights. You had pound-for-pound pound best fighters in the world. You had these super fights that were just... You couldn't miss them. Hagler Hearns. Riddick Bowe, Holyfield. 
Tyson Holyfield, Sugar Ray and Hagler. I mean, I can go on. I can go on forever in regards to great boxing matches over the years. But those guys are retired. They're not walking through the door anymore. What we have left is Manny Pacquiao and Conor McGregor. And as much as I clown this match for this potential fight, somebody's going to ask me once this deal gets signed, yo, who's throwing the fight party? Yo, you you, you going to order it? I'll come through and watch. Like, no, let's stop giving them our money. It's time to say no. It's just like wrestling. When people don't want to watch wrestling anymore, they just don't watch it. They don't call you and say, oh, well, you know, I, I know I wasn't going to watch it, but hey, everybody else is going to watch WrestleMania. You're like, no, when you don't want to watch wrestling, you just don't watch it. So why do we have to be subjected to watch garbage from the sport of boxing? Are they that desperate to be able to put on this circus act because they're not they're not moving the needle? In regards to attendance or they're not moving the needle in regards to popularity this is bad you might as well put two midgets in the ring and let them fight i'd rather see that than see manny pacquiao's old ass and conor mcgregor i didn't even want to watch conor mcgregor in mma anymore i didn't care about ufc anymore who cares who cares who cares about ufc and who cares about this boxing match i swear i'm gonna i'm gonna lose it if somebody calls me and says you're going to watch the fight? I'm just going to spaz. I have had enough of boxing fans because they love to be abused. They love to be gluttons for punishment. So enough. I'm putting my foot down. I am not even going to stream this illegally. It's not worth my time. <laughs> so boxing fans, we definitely are some losers because we're going to take this bait. But we are the winners for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this week. I'll see you guys on Monday, see what happens with these NFL games over the weekend. We'll see if we'll be down to two teams and prepare for the NBA Finals. So until then, stay safe, stay cool, peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on SoundCloud and check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button.